77 WABC. This is Sitting Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Great song, Foreigner, Lou Graham. What a guest list today, huh, folks? Norman Seabrook, Angel Jimenez, the PBA union leader in Patterson, New Jersey. What a job he did on behalf of my dear friends, Louis and Larry Spagnola, Curtis Sliwa, Anthony D'Esposito, Peter King, Ray Kelly. We end in style. I love this guy. He was our commissioner during our most important time, and let me tell you, did a tremendous job. I will love Bernie Carrick forever. Forever. He was immensely important and great in that position. But he just sent me a text. You know, I was talking about Israel and Hamas, those animals, with Ray Kelly. (laughs) I had no idea that Bernie Carrick had all this, I guess, um, experience in the Middle East. But get ready for this. Folks, pull over before I get to Bernie. Write this down. From 1979 to 1984, Bernie lived in Saudi Arabia for four and a half years. From 2005 to 2009, he worked for His Majesty, the King of Jordan. He was the interim minister of interior of Iraq. He also worked for the Sheik of Dubai for a total of about 10 years working in the Middle East, including overseeing the investigation in the aftermath of 9-11. I would say Bernie's got a little experience with the Middle East and may have a bit of insight on what's going on right now. Here he is, former NYPD commish, my man Bernard Carrick. Bernie, good morning, buddy. How are you? Boy, you're on a roll today, Sid. You're on a roll. I'm doing good? You're doing good, man. Doing good. <laughs> thank you. No, in a serious note, thank I, you. Honestly, Sid, I feel like it's old home week. Uh, <laughs> Spagnola's and Patterson. Yeah. Ray Kelly. Uh, yeah, you're on a roll, man. You know, the uh, the Spagnolas love you. And I know you live in New Jersey now, too. And Lou and, and uh, Larry and Dolores, well, they all love you. And uh, you're a terrific guy. They should love you. But, but Bernie, I, and thank you for the kind words, but I, uh, you really had all that experience in the Middle East, all of that? Well, uh, listen, a lot of people, uh, you know, they relate me to Rikers or being a cop in New York City. Uh, Before that, I actually worked for the king uh, and the royal family of Saudi Arabia uh, for about four years, four and a half years, really. Then after I retired uh, from the NYPD, I was the interim minister of interior of Iraq. Uh, I later worked for the king of Jordan uh, in Jordan uh, for about five years, close to five years. Uh, I work for the Sheikh of Dubai. Um, you know, I know the regions. Uh, I know the areas well. I know the people well. Uh, I have lots and lots of uh, Muslim friends. 
Um, and, uh, and, but I also know the problems that exist there and the problems that can exist here, um, which is more so what I'm worried about today than anything else. Well, I am too. I, and I've had these conversations uh, with Ray and now you, obviously. Uh, in fact, about two weeks ago, six days after the initial barbaric attacks by Hamas, you may remember the Hamas, one of their leaders, he may be dead by now, I hope so at least, he declared that Friday, six days later, Shabbos, a global jihad day. And a lot of folks didn't come to work that day, pussies. But I did. Eddie Caban offered me a security detail, but I came to work. And um, I said to Ray, I said, you know why people aren't coming to work is because they're deathly afraid that Hamas and ISIS and Al-Qaeda, all these hateful groups, are here. They're not coming. They're here. They've got to be. They've been leaving these hateful countries, about 11 of them, terrorist countries, since 2021. They've got to be here. And you know what, Bernie? He didn't disagree. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Here's why. Here's what people should uh, realize. Uh, you know, you talk about over the last two and a half years with the open borders, special interest alien apprehensions. We've had about six thousand Afghan from Afghanistan. We've had about three thousand from Egypt, one hundred and twenty-five from Iraq, one hundred and eighty-five from Jordan, one hundred and sixty-four from Lebanon, and the list goes on and on. It took nineteen men to bring the United States to its economic knees back in 2001. We've got about 60,000, probably, 60,000 people, special interests, um, that came into this country that are unmonitored, they're unvetted. And I know the White House has said consistently that the people we do let in, who they know they're letting in, they are being vetted. Well, I'll give you a little. I'll give you a little something to think about. Afghanistan, we've let in. I think the number is about six hundred six thousand three eighty six as of today. And guess what? How'd they get vetted? Who vetted them? Our intelligence uh, apparatus. Who they call the Taliban to get uh, some insight on who these people are? Right. There's no infrastructure. There's no intelligence infrastructure in Afghanistan to get that information. You may get some of that information from Jordan. You may get some from Turkey, but you're not getting any from Lebanon. You're not getting any from Iraq, Afghanistan, um, Pakistan. You're not getting it. You're not getting any from Yemen. So all these people that come into this country that have disappeared into communities like chameleons, they are on the loose. And I promise you, as we're sitting on the phone today, it's not it's not if something's going to happen internally. It's one. It's only a matter of one. Yeah. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. And, you know, I've heard the mayor and other people say to me, too, we vet uh, even the illegals, the asylum seekers, the migrants. And I asked somebody, you know, I know some people, Bernie, a couple of folks. I've gotten pretty popular. And I say, what's the vetting process like? And they go, well, hey, what's your name? You know, how long you plan on staying? 
Are you going to get a job? What's your favorite movie? What's your favorite ice cream? Good luck. And, and of course, I'm, I'm kind of kidding, but not really. I mean, they, they claim they're yeah, betting. Yeah, yeah, the, right, am, am I right? You're, you're not. That's, that's not a joke. That's not a joke. Their, their idea of betting is a basic pedigree inquiry. Right. You know, where, where do you live? Where did you live? Where'd you come from? Who's your mother or father? And that's it. But they, here's the problem. They have nobody to go back to to run that information against in their host home country. So they're here. They basically let them go into society, and they disappear. There's no way to monitor or check on them. And, uh, you know, that's a, a substantial, a major, major, major problem for us. So if you were the police commissioner again, and you were great, you and Kelly, you're my two favorites, you know that. Bill Braden is highly overrated, but that's fine. If you were the police commissioner today, and Eddie Caban is, and you heard me talking outrageous moments ago, Bernie, now you got to deal with the illegals, asylum seekers, migrants, whatever you want to call them. And you got to deal with the everyday crime in New York, these crazies that are committing crimes every day on the subway, in the streets. And now add this third component, which is not if, but when, with a multitude, thousands, I agree with you, thousands of terrorists here in this city and in this country. That almost sounds like an impossible task, Bernie. No? Well, it's it's not an impossible task if you have the right intelligence capabilities, if you have the right leaders, um, if you have the right uh, mayors and governors. You know, I, I know uh, the mayor, uh, Mayor Adams, has said to you uh, and others, I know other people he has said this to, you know, they're doing fine on recruiting. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. On September 11th, 2001, I had 55,000 people under my command. How many? I had 55,000. 55,000? Yeah, I had 41,000 uniformed officers. They are substantially below that today when, in fact, the city is bigger, the problems are more substantial, the threats are more substantial, and they should have far more cops than they do. But they don't. And they don't because they can't recruit in New York City like they can in other areas because nobody wants to work for an administration or a city council that has no respect for them. That's the bottom line. Uh, And you're going to continue to have these problems. So you have the problems of everyday crime and and attempting crime reduction. Um, You have the illegals. Um, The mayor has to do more to apply pressure on the governor and the governor uh, as a team with the mayor has to do more to apply pressure on the president to close the damn border, close the border, because every day that border is open, the threats against this country, the people that want the demise of this country, that want the demise of Israel, that call for the death of America every single day, we are allowing them to come into the country and we're not doing a damn thing about it. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. You would think uh, going to Israel last week, this imbecile, the president, 
and seeing, you know, firsthand blood and body parts and videos, and you would think that would be a wake-up call to, A, close the border, B, stop doing anything with Iran, and neither one of those things has happened yet. It's just unbelievable how corrupt and grotesque Joe Biden and this administration is. On one hand, they cry, oh, I felt bad for the Israelis, and then they'll give Iran $6 billion and admit, Bernie, he's got the balls to admit, yes, Iran had something to do with this. You appease that country. You're complicit. You- but, 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 hey, Sid, listen, the reality is, you know, and this is my own personal opinion, Joe Biden doesn't run the White House. I agree. Somebody else does. Barack Obama. And I would, I, <laughs> I would say, in my own personal opinion, that a lot of the people that are around Joe Biden that run the White House came out of the Obama administration. Uh, Obama sent pallets of cash, billions of dollars, to Iran. Um, these guys followed up with $6 billion. Nobody in the White House, nobody in any prior administration, dating back, Sid, dating back to 1979. I was in Saudi Arabia. I was living in Saudi Arabia in 1979 when they took over the Iranian uh, embassy. And they held 52 Americans hostage for 14 months. I lived there then. I know what it was like. This, This stuff goes back to that time. Yeah. So any American administration, any White House, they know the evil that comes out of Iran and the funding that comes out of Iran for Hezbollah, Hamas, ISIS, Al-Qaeda, Al-Shabaab. That's where it comes from. And until they stop the money going into Iran, these things are going to continue. No, there's no doubt. I mean, look, and you have Jimmy Carter then and Biden now, who are probably the two worst presidents in the modern era. And the guy that stopped it, Ronald Reagan, and the guy that it didn't work under, Donald Trump, a couple of years ago, he may be back, hopefully. Those are the guys that stop it. I mean, it's the same thing. Carter and Biden, Reagan and Trump. Okay, on the way out here, Bernie, uh, first of all, you're brilliant. You've got great experience in this country, in this city, outside this country. You're just a wealth of information. So thank you for coming on. But, again, if you were still serving, like I asked Ray Kelly moments ago as police commissioner, and 25,000 less, 25,000 less, but there's still 30,000 uh, kids and adults out there serving this city proudly. They're listening to you right now, Bernie Carrick. What is your message to your officers? I, I have the same message that, uh, that Ray gave them, and that is stand up, stay strong, stay focused. Um, don't, don't back down. Don't quit. Things will change. You know, keep in mind, in 1993, when Giuliani came into office, it was the worst period in the history of New York City with regard to crime. Nobody thought it could change. Uh, the leadership changed, and the city changed. Um, this, too, this, too, will change. When New York City gets fed up and sick of the murder rates, the shootings, the increased crime, the immigrants, uh, the illegals, uh, when they get sick of it, they'll vote somebody into office that's going to change it. Um, it may take a while. As you said, it may take a while, but the bottom line is New York City needs to be protected, and there's nobody, there is no department in the entire world better than the New York City Police Department, and without them, there would be mass chaos. Just keep doing what they're doing. Bernie Carrick, God bless you. Stay safe. I can't thank you enough. What a way to end the show. You actually... Bernie, you got a fist pump out of Lou Rufino. He doesn't do that often, not often, but you got a fist pump, Bernie. So thank you so much. That was great. God bless you.
Thanks, Sid. My man, Bernie Carrick right there, former NYPD commissioner.